Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're actually going to talk about, is the world deteriorating? What do you think? Okay, how do you feel about what's happening in the world right now? What are you doing from a spiritual perspective to be prepared to stay strong, to keep your focus? Is the world deteriorating? Where's your focus? What are your thoughts? Okay, so, you know, right now we have wars, right? Okay, we have rumors of wars. We have shootings. We have death. We have destruction. We have lying. We have manipulation. We have fornication. The list just goes on and on and on about things that actually grieve the heart of God and honestly should grieve us also. Okay, if our hearts aren't grieved by these things, then we have to be asking what's made us hard or what's made us callous. Okay, but but we have sin running rampant. Now, I just want to say that all through scripture, we see seasons where sin is running rampant. Okay, so on one hand, how new is this? Um, you know, honestly, we'll say, well, we're in the last days. Are we in the last days? Do you think we're in the last days? Actually, yes, we are in the last days. We have been in the last days ever since Jesus went back to heaven. Okay, we've been in the last days. Okay, it's just, it's a season. It's the time frame. Okay, so are we in the last of the last days? You know, are is things deteriorating to the point or are things deteriorating to the point where like the return of the Lord is imminent? I hope so. I mean, I certainly hope so. But, you know, is the world deteriorating? You know, when you look at something that's deteriorating, you can see this eroding. You can see the, you know, the falling apart of, of the object, you know. So is the world deteriorating? Well, on one hand, ever since sin entered the world, we've been deteriorating, right? We have Jesus. We have God. You know, the, that but God component. So Matthew 24, 6 to 13 says, And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will not follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Yay, right? Okay. But did you catch that? Don't panic. Okay. Just say, don't panic. Tell yourself that again. Don't panic. Verse 9, it goes on and then says, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will will appear and deceive many people. Sin will run rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So again, is the world deteriorating? What do you think? Are we in the last of the last days? So, okay, I know I'm going to stir up some controversy there as as I share this, people are kind of all over the map with it. So by the time we get to the end, what I really want to do is whatever your answer is to is the world deteriorating? Are we in the last of the last days? You know, wherever you're at with that, what I want us to do is come to a place where we realize what we have to do so that we endure to the end. Okay, just say, I need to endure to the end. That's where we're going with this. So actually, rather than getting caught in the controversy, just let's keep going to the end. Because by the time I wrap it all together, 
I believe it's going to apply to everyone, no matter where you're at. Okay, so is the world deteriorating? As I already mentioned, all through the scripture, we have cycles of war and peace, peace and war, round and round we go. In fact, all through Israel's history, when they landed in captivity, which they did over and over and over, um, it was because they turned their backs on God. Okay. And, and so God would, God's heart is to always draw us back to him. So he'll go to great measures to make us realize how far we strayed. He's not a God who just turns us back. Okay. Um, you know, so again, all through the history, when you really study it, you see wars and rumors of wars, you see captivity, you see um, persecution and um, sin running rampant in the land. Okay, it was happening. We, we live in a sinful culture. So do I feel that the world is deteriorating? Yeah, I kind of do. But I also realize that we have this thing called technology. So we have instant access to everything at a speed that people never, ever would have imagined. So we get inundated with information. I remember actually when the United States was attacked and the towers fell, one of the things that we were told was to turn off the TV, especially, especially if you had children in the house, which I did. I had five young children at that point in time because they said to the kids, it's happening over and over and over and over. Like it wasn't something that happened, but that the planes crashing into the towers was happening over and over and over because they didn't have the understanding yet that, that this was TV and the way that TV worked, the way that news broadcasting worked. But there's a certain level of trauma when we subject ourselves to something over and over and over, and it can actually impact our belief system. So when we look at the world and where the world's at and how we're consuming, okay, the news channels, what we're listening to, what we're allowing in, we need to be very careful. Because when we keep hearing the same story over and over and over, even as adults, it can impact our belief system and the way that we see things that um, the way that we're thinking, the way that we're processing. So with that, we have to make a decision or a choice as to where our focus is going to be. Because when the world is deteriorating, there's also room for fear. It's like fear rides right along with that deterioration. Now, remember, if we go back to Matthew 24, uh, verse six, you will hear of wars, you'll hear of threats of wars, but do not panic. Okay, so again, that can, that's a command there. You're going to hear this, but this is your response. You don't panic because we don't walk in fear. Just say, I'm a child of God. Therefore, I'm not to walk in fear. Say it again. I'm a child of God. Therefore, I'm not to walk in fear. So Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 27, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46, one to three, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Or Hebrews 13, six. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So you see, trap number one is that when fear comes, when panic comes, we allow it in. So the key is do not, do not allow the fear of an unknown future to cloud 
your view of a known God. Key, that first key, do not allow the fear of an unknown future to cloud your view of a known God. The other thing that tends to happen is that we focus so much on the tomorrows and the what ifs that we miss what he's doing today. So trap number two is becoming obsessed with tomorrow and not living in today. The key is to take time to be present to those around you. Be present to God. Give thanks. Remember Matthew 634 says, refuse to worry about tomorrow. Say refuse. I refuse to worry about tomorrow. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Trap number three is actually to believe that we're in the last days and that we're powerless to change a culture that we disconnect. And the key to that is to remember who you are and why you're placed on this earth, that you are here for such a time as this, and you are here to make a difference. So from here, I want to go into a parable in Matthew 25. It's the parable about the 10 versions. And every time I think about this and I think about, you know, is the world deteriorating? Are we in the last days? My, I go to this. It, it's just, the, it's got, man, there's such a, such a depth with this, such, so much teaching, so much that we can unpack. So Cliff Notes version, okay, this is a parable that Jesus tells. And, you know, he says, when my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom round could be compared to 10 maidens who took their oil lamps. They went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, and they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise, and they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. Remember what we read earlier? To be prepared. You know, those who who survive will be saved, okay? Um, When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here, come out and have an encounter with him. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied, we don't have enough for all of us. You have to go and buy some for yourselves. So while the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him, the wedding party to enjoy the feast. The door was locked. Then later, of course, the five others come running and they plead to be let in. And they're told no. You see, here's the thing. Um, years ago, there there was a lot of teaching that the Lord was, his coming was intimate. And the body of Christ stepped out of culture. I mean, we stepped out of the mountains of influence. We stepped out of politics. We, not everyone, but a, enough of a percentage did that now we're reaping the definitely not benefits. We're reaping the consequences of that with a lot of aligning of the world with things that go against scripture. We so focused on the coming of our Lord, which is good, but we disconnected from our assignment here on earth. So what I'm saying is no matter how you feel about, you know, are we in the, the last of the last days, the end of the last days, you know, is Christ coming animate? You know, is he, is he going to come tomorrow? Is he going to come today? You know, we certainly hope so. But don't disconnect because you're here for such a time as this. You're here to impact this world, this broken, corrupt, hurting world. We're here to impact it for the kingdom of heaven. We're here to hold the ground. We're here to take more ground, not to relinquish ground, but to take more ground for the kingdom of heaven. So rather than letting the the fear, the panic, the insecurity, come in 
rather than taking our hands back and say, oh, God's coming anyways, I can't change this. What we do is we become filled with, focused on who our Lord is, relationship with him, bringing heaven to earth, getting into the word, which keeps our oil lamps filled. By keeping them full, we're actually preparing for when the Lord comes, whether it's today or another season. We're prepared. Okay, so that's all part of what we need to do because we need to be wise for such a time as this, looking ahead to his return, not letting what's happening around us rock us, but again, knowing that we're here for such a season, knowing that we have great expectation, but also impacting the world around us. And the Lord just takes that oil, that extra oil that we keep pouring in, and it keeps us prepared so that we can be that light. We can trim our wicks. We can turn it up. We can call others to the Lord. But he also, just the way the Lord works, he also uses it to fill us and to fuel us, to open up heaven to us, to give us those creative ideas so that we can impact the world around us. So again, you are here for such a time as this. So do do not disconnect no matter where you feel. And don't allow fear in as the world deteriorates, as the coming of our Lord draws closer. Just think we still have time to make an impact. The time might be short. We still have time. As long as we're here, as long as it's called today, we we bring heaven to earth. Okay. As long as we are here, as long as it is called today, we bring heaven to earth. And all that is part of the oil. All right, there you go. So Lord, just come, come. Lord, Lord, come quickly. But Father, as we wait, let us keep that spare oil handy. Let us be a light to those around us. Let us look with expectation. Let us listen for the shout of the bridegroom. And at the same time, we want to bring others along into that wedding feast of the Lamb. So Father, where we want to disconnect, Right now, we just say, no, we align with you. Lord, where, where we go and, and we, we fall into the trap of fear and panic, discouragement of hopelessness. Right now, we say, no, we realign with you because we're not going to allow the fear of an unknown future to cloud our view of a known God. Lord, where we become so obsessed with tomorrow so concerned about tomorrow that we lose today. Lord, we ask your forgiveness. And right now we make a choice to stay present with you and present with those around us. And we will give you thanks. We will remember, we will give you thanks. And Lord, we're not going to worry about tomorrow because you've already got it. You've already gone ahead. There's no surprises to you. There's no surprises to you. So right now, Father, we release the tomorrows to you. And we make a choice to trust you with our tomorrows so that we can live in today. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your gentleness, your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness, God. We just align with who you are. And we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you that you know each season. Thank you that we don't need to panic. Thank you that we don't need to live in fear, but rather you pour out that peace that surpasses understanding. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. Thank you for joining me today. If you have not already done so, visit the website, ruthhendrickson.com. All sorts of resources on there for you. Again, where you can also connect with our international Mashaw team, which they minister in emotional healing and deliverance. We minister all around the world. So you can find all the information there. Again, like I said, lots of resources, lots of ways to get connected. And if these have been blessing you and you want to help um, continue to sow the kingdom of heaven, into the world around us and help people grow in it. And you feel the Lord tell you to donate. Hey, that's where you can do that too. So, all right, have a great day. Be so blessed and uh, we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.